TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. The Gym Gypsy Podcast is brought to you by Lift and Let Live and the FF5 Challenge. The FF5 Challenge is a five-week functional fat loss challenge that includes a seminar at your gym and individualized meal plans. To sign up for an upcoming challenge or for more information on how to bring the FF5 to your gym, just email liftandletlivefit at gmail or visit thegymgypsy.com. Make some coffee and grab your gym bag. We're going on an adventure. It's the Gym Gypsy Podcast. Making pancakes, making bacon pancakes, take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes, making pancakes, make some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's gonna make. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes, take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. What is up, everybody? It is the Jim Gypsy himself, Justin Metz, and I am here with Dan Mason. And I hope you enjoyed our musical intro today. It oh, is one of it. my favorite tracks, and it's probably going to be in your head for the rest of the week. So you're welcome. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing great, Justin. Thanks for having me on and for the killer intro music. <laughs> so Dan and I just got done having an epic breakfast, and um, somehow Bacon Pancakes came up, and um, I remember that track from YouTube, and if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. There's actually a, a YouTube has a video of that, just doing that for an hour, which is possibly one of the greatest things it's, I mean, in, in mankind, like it's, it's, the, it's the best background music for when you're doing some work on your computer. I think so. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's really good background music. My life music. is forever changed. So we are doing our first podcast from the truck. So this is a drive-by podcast, I guess is what you would call it. Very, um, very Jim Gypsy. I think, yeah, it fits with the Jim Gypsy thing. We're actually talking about, I might just start doing this, just basically podcasting with people on the way to the gym while we work out. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But, um. But Dan, so Dan Mason, um, if any of you guys do not know who he is, he is um, he's the head uh, powerlifting coach for Team Do, the Dark Orchestra with John North. Yeah, buddy. And um, he is a elite, well, what is the ranking? Elite, world elite, international uh, I'm elite? not internationally, I'm just elite. Just, just <laughs> he's an elite powerlifter and also a very accomplished strongman as well. So, Dan, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, just give me your entire life story. Entire life story. Born on the playground. That's where I spent most of my days. Um, yeah, so I uh, I got into martial arts really young. Um, got into Taekwondo because I was kind of getting beat up a lot. And uh, did pretty good in that. Uh, ended up being nationally ranked in middle school. And then uh, coming into high school, we moved around a little bit, and I started doing some Muay Thai and things and just competed a lot, uh, did pretty well. And then uh, just as life progressed, the sport progressed, and MMA became a thing. So I started messing around with that a little bit and uh, did that for seven years competitively, had a, a good chunk of good chunk of pro fights in there. What time um, frame was this? What year? Um, so 
about 2001 to 2008 is when I did that competitively. So, so it still wasn't really big back was, then. I say all the time, people are like, oh, I used to do that? I'm like, yeah, but it was like before people were good. So it's well, not that cool. I, I say the same thing because we were actually talking. Our stories are super, super close because, you know, same thing. Uh, it was about I stopped in 2001 or 2002, I think, is when I stopped. And, like, that was before anybody was really making a living off of it. Yeah. Um, you know, our instructors, like, if you knew how to do an arm bar, you could probably win a fight. Like, there right. was no technique involved. We never used geese in training or anything like that. It's definitely a different world now. Like now, everybody is a black belt level at everything. If they're, you know, making a hundred bucks a fight, let alone if you're getting, you know, actual decent paydays. It's scary just walking around the world now. You see somebody with cauliflower ears, and you're like, okay, I'm not going to mess with them. <laughs> I will be so nice to that person, and he'll be my best friend. <laughs> it's like a rite of passage. <laughs> um, yeah. So you got you did MMA, and you did that till 2008, and then why'd you stop? Um, so I I was married. Um, and we were kind of pregnant with our first kid and uh, kind of pregnant. I mean, it, it that, was, it was mine. That's like pretty much a black or white thing, right? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, don't make it racial. It was, uh, <laughs> she was definitely pregnant. Um, and, uh, had the, had the kid and just, it was hard to get. So like when I was doing Taekwondo or like just kickboxing stuff with like, there's more rules and things like it was more of like a, a sport, more of like a chess match. Like when I was doing MMA, like had to get like kind of into a weirder place mentally and just after I had a kid it was just harder to do that um and that was my first loss was one that she <laughs> that my uh, my wife was at so that uh that kind of that kind of hurt did you blame <laughs> and, her no no I didn't I blamed her. so it was weird I was uh I was fighting at 205 and the guy that I was supposed to fight was from Kentucky and he ended up no showing on us but I, I mean, there was a lot of people there to. to that watch was the it. way it was back then, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Like I can't tell you, I, I think I only had three, um, three or four fights, but I was scheduled for probably thirteen. Yep. Well, and I tell you what, there was a lot of guys that wouldn't step into the cage sober, and it's like, at that point, like, why are you even doing it? Like, if you got to be drunk to like have the stones to get locked in the cage, like, come on now. I'm not gonna lie. If somebody came to me and they wanted to be drunk, fight me. I'm totally down for yeah, it. I'll take the W. Bouncing is the best thing ever. Yeah, at that you point you're pretty much people, bouncing right? with like with gloves on, with like, yeah. you know, 8-ounce gloves yeah. on or 4-ounce gloves. Uh, but yeah, so at the time I was training at a gym uh, on like the south side of Indianapolis and uh, I had a guy I did all my stand up with that was like 6 foot 3, like tall, lanky kickboxer guy. I had a guy that I did all my ground stuff with that was a 300-pounder. And then I had a guy that was like 220-ish that I kind of did everything together with mm -hmm. um so it was a good crew but the my uh, 300 pound dude he was a 4-0 pro and uh he was supposed to fight this guy that was making his pro debut and he hadn't really sold a bunch of tickets or anything so he was he was like man i mean i was like shoot what am i gonna do i have a bunch of people here to watch me fight and he's like my guy hasn't even really earned the right to fight me yet so like if everybody's cool with it and we can like get something drawn up real quick like i'll, I'll let you fight my guy if you want so my first loss was handed to me as a super heavyweight Weighing in at 205. Fight, <laughs> Super heavyweight fighting at 205. A, fighting a guy that was 317. 317 um, so, pounds? And, and he was actually, like, like he was a wrestler. Like, he was he was pretty athletic. But I've never, and I fought bigger guys. Like, my other guy was about 300 pounds. But he was pretty muscular. Like, it wasn't just a bunch of chunk. And this guy, like, though he was good, he just was huge belly. So... If he gets on top of you, man, just well, the pressure just he went, wears you out. Like, on our feet, we were good. Like, I was winning. Things were good. Um, he went for a head kick, which 
I was impressed. Yeah, he's mobile enough there, to get. I saw it coming and I grabbed it and just like stood up and ran him over and he fell. Got into guard, started whacking away. I'd gotten clocked earlier. My mouthpiece flew out. They stopped the fight. I thought I had won, but it was to give me my mouthpiece back. Oh, yeah. Which is great, right? That's... So I ended up passing guard, getting into side control, doing some damage. My corner's like, mount, mount, mount. I don't know if you've ever mounted a guy with like a four-foot-tall belly. No, absolutely I have. That so way. I didn't. Oh, I didn't, I'm sorry. I, I didn't, didn't realize. I just said that. So I'm like, no, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to roll by that. <laughs> just going to act like that didn't happen. Keep going. So I, I went to mount, and it didn't occur to me that I should have like one foot posted up when the other knee's down because he's so big, right? So I tried to put both knees down, and they couldn't touch. And he, he rolled me into the cage and just beat the tar out of me. So I definitely lost that fight. <laughs> wow. That's funny, man. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't funny at the time. So I, that, it was fine until the elbows started coming. And I was like, yeah, this hurts. <laughs> did So did they? Yeah. So I saw a picture of you. You posted a picture from after your last fight and you look pretty messed up. Yeah. That wasn't that fight. That was actually another fight. Oh. Kind of when I came out of retirement to do another one. And, uh, I was I was going through some rough patches with the with the X now X we're cool though we're, everything's everything's copacetic now but back then I was like I was just having some rage issues and I was like man I just need to get in and get a fight just to get some some juices flowing and uh, did not go well. You say yeah best <laughs> best thing to do if you're upset with the world is get your ass kicked. Yeah yeah I mean I felt better after but mentally yeah, not physically probably. I have a pretty good scar on my nose from it. But. <laughs> yeah the chicks dig scars it's fine. Yeah so. So you got that. You're kind of done. That was around 2008. When did you do your comeback fight, you said? Uh, comeback fight was like, I don't know, maybe two, three years ago. I've been divorced for a year. So oh, I mean, wow. like, it was rather recent. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I took it on two weeks' notice because uh, I called my own. You didn't promoter. weigh 205 then, right? No, I was I was heavyweight. So I weighed right about 250 at that point. Okay. Um, but I'd just been doing strongman and strength sports, like conditioning and stuff. And like, my skills were still okay, but the conditioning definitely wasn't there. Um, things were going pretty well, but I, it was ring rust, man. Like I, I had underhooks. I started driving him forward and then, uh, he just spun, spun me around and I couldn't get back up. <laughs> huh. So after that, when you decided like, okay, I think this, I'm done with this. You said you had been doing some strongman stuff, some powerlifting. How did you get into that? So I went from MMA when I fought my super heavyweight fight and I was like, man, I, don't, I just don't know if I can get my head in the place anymore to, to be the guy I need to be to win these fights. Um, so I'd been doing a lot of kettlebell training and things, and at that time, CrossFit was, like, the thing that did kettlebells. So I started doing some CrossFit, really liked it, um, ended up getting certified, opened a gym, uh, and then through that found Strongman and was like, oh, my gosh, it's like it's like CrossFit, but, like, none of the not fun stuff. Yeah, we were talking about that. It's like it's like if CrossFit only had 90-second workouts. And everything was heavy. And everything was really heavy, it'd be yeah. Strongman. Yeah. Yep. Was it boss fit, cross fat? Yeah, cross fat. Three, three times fit. the weight, a third of the time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so you got into that and um and I mean I guess obviously you loved it. Yeah, it's it's super fun. Um the training's way harder than some of the other strength sports just because it's like CrossFit. There's so many things you have to be good at. Um every day is a back day, which you have to be careful about, um, just from an injury standpoint. Um, but man, the competitions are fun. I like that it's a different thing every time. You know, there's always going to be some sort of press, some sort of carry, and some sort of deadlift. But it might be a frame carry. It might be, you know, log press or axle press. There's a there's a show in West Virginia I want to do, where they don't announce the events ahead of time, 
And I was going to do it this year, but I ended up being out of town. That used to be the way CrossFit was. Right. It was like the unknown and the unknowable. And then everybody started becoming prima donnas. And they're like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to sign up for this event unless I know that I'm good at all the events. And honestly, that's that's kind of how Strongman is, too. Like, it's getting more traction, basically, thanks to CrossFit, right? Like, it rolls yep. over Just like powerlifting well. and Olympic lifting. Yeah. Um, so everyone wants to know the events. And, and there's usually not a ton of people at this competition. But here's, like, the events they do at that competition. My favorite event that I saw there for this competition was uh, farmer carries, like farmer handle carries, but uphill, which is not fun. Now, that sounds fun, but the best thing about this event is you were in a harness strapped to a Viking boat. So you're farmer carrying and dragging a boat uphill. Oh, it's so cool. And all the events are weird like that. Yeah, that, that is, that so is kind of cool. It's like, what can we just add on to normal stuff to make it extra? It's in winter and it's outside. Like, I mean, it's... It, you should call it the extra games. Uh, it, I think you called it like the, uh, was it like Battle in the Blizzard or something like that? It was... Oh, so pumped to do it next year. So kind of explain to people that, um, so, you know, we have we have people from all walks of life on this podcast as far as, you know, we don't just do CrossFit or weightlifting or powerlifting or bodybuilding. I, I try to really have a good uh, Mix, understanding yeah. that because then I feel like a lot of the people that listen to it, um, they're in maybe one of them, but they're not in a lot of them. And I would probably say, what would you say is your strongest point? Would you say you're more into powerlifting or more into strongman? Man, it depends on the month. I just <laughs> bombed out on a powerlifting meet, so right now I like strongman better. <laughs> <laughs> so explain to them, explain to anybody that's watching that maybe doesn't understand strongman, kind of, you know, how it came from, or you don't have to give us a history lesson, but... Um, no, you're good. So basically the first one was like a TV show special um, with a bunch of like football players and back in like the late 70s. But basically they take, you've seen the old like circus strongman pictures doing weird stuff, right? Yeah. And it's, it's basically that, but formatted a little more modern, a little more structured. Um, so it's basically moving odd objects um, for distance and loading them on platforms or pressing weird stuff like logs. Um, there's not a lot of traditional barbell stuff in it. It's all very functional. Yeah. It's kind of like the first CrossFit in, yep. in, in a sense. I mean, you know, because the whole idea was functional fitness and and everything is like, all right, what's something you would have to do on the farm? Yeah, pick up this sandbag and carry it for a distance and throw it up into this thing yeah. yeah it's there's a lot of stuff like that um and i mean man if if we got people listening on here that are like crossfitters look the last couple of years of the crossfit games probably a third of the events have some sort of strongman influence yeah they've had farmers carries they've had you know tire flips they've or, had slads, or the, they've had the the soft atlas stones to shoulder i mean do you think that crossfits put that in there um just because just to be different about something because a lot of those things it's um you know, CrossFit was supposed to be, like, com- very accessible to anybody, right, right, when it first started. And I feel like there's a lot more equipment involved than there, or involved now than there was, say, 10 years ago. Well, and I mean, I got into CrossFit um, about 2009, 2010, so, so pretty early in the game. Um, and you're totally right. But I think you, you also got to take that there's a big difference between CrossFit, the sport, um, versus CrossFit as a way to get in shape. Um, basically you could do CrossFit and get in great shape. You just have a barbell and run a watt a day. If you're talking about competing in the sport of CrossFit, now you're looking at having access to rowers, um, those weird treadmills that they have now. Yeah. Um, having, I mean, there's just so much more things you have to be good at. You can't just do a wad. You have to have an underlying strength program, which, so there's just more to it. It's definitely 
two different animals that are closely related. Yeah, that's 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 very very that's exactly the way I look at it as well. You know, there's a big difference between I always say there's a big difference between um, health and performance. Yeah. Right. And and they're not. You, it's really hard to have one without having the or with also having the other. You know, the the the, the things that you have to do and the sacrifice you have to make to to have the ultimate performance you realize your full your full potential yep. is it's it's quite a bit of sacrifices on your health yeah because you're, you're just, trading health for performance to some yeah. degree for sure health um in general means like it's the lack of pathology right yeah like the absence of path like basically i want to be healthy i want to be pain-free and not sick well if you're performing your best the amount of training you're going to do you're going to be hurt yeah it's going to happen. You're going to be, at the very least, achy. Do you think that there's <laughs> parallels in the same way with strongman? Meaning, like, you know, can you do strongman just for health purposes? Yeah, you can. There's definitely some events I would avoid, though. So uh, the two common injuries in strongman are, are lower back issues just because there's a lot of hinging. Um, but then the other one is bicep tears. Say, so yeah. um, I would say you don't need to ever do an atlas stone. Um, you can get the same benefit of that movement from doing sandbags or from doing kegs um, and, and with the exact same benefits, just less strain on the bicep. Um, and similar, I'd stay away from tire flips and just do power cleans instead. It's a very similar movement, um, but you don't get that early bicep curl as you're standing up with the tire. Yeah, that's the, that's the number one that comes to mind mm-hmm. when I think about people that and have axle cleans. pulled it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those um, that low axle cleans or continental cleans – Yep. On the low back is definitely not. Well, um, then if, it's functional, but yeah. it's definitely not when you watch people. That's the type of video that you see like gym fails. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> Even though it is like, I mean, it your two two and a half inch axle width instead of a twenty eight millimeter width on a barbell. Um, when it gets heavy, you're gonna mixed grip it and set it on your belly, and it looks horrible. But that under gripped hand is where the bicep tears too. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you done um, as far as, do you do things for like injury prevention when you're doing this or is it just, I mean. Um, so I, I mainly compete powerlifting. I got a couple strongman shows coming up just to give my brain a, a break from the monotony of powerlifting. Um, but when it comes to strongman, I think a lot of high rep bicep work just to like get your bicep used to being used all the freaking time. Oh, so you think actually important. contracting it. Um, I'm, I'm not talking heavy stuff. I'm like do three sets of empty barbell curls for as many reps as you can just yeah. kind of getting that just getting a little pump getting strength. blood in there yeah. yeah a lot of people in the powerlifting world um don't do a lot of arms right um yeah. you see i think a good example is um one of the best powerlifters out there i think he holds he broke stan efferdine's is uh uh total is uh larry wheels yeah and he's doing bodybuilding now yeah he's got an amazingly thick back He's got an amazing chest because he's just got a ridiculous bench press. Oh yeah, but and and he's he's in great shape. So like anyone watching, I'm not hating. I'm a huge huge Larry Wills fan. Um, but if we're talking about bodybuilding and symmetry, his arms are very underdeveloped compared to the rest of them. Because sure. you you know your arms aren't used that much in in powerlifting. Well, and I mean like people think of the bench press, but really if you have a nice arch. It's back. Um, if you're if you're a little wider on your grip, like all these things take the arms out of it and put more back, chest, you know, mechanic stuff going on, technique stuff going on more than using that direct muscle And then if connection. you're a powerlifter, there's also not a lot of, you know, hypertrophy um, going on. And most people nowadays definitely have it in their yeah. in their program, but it's for a, it's during a specific session. You're not going to be right. doing sets of 30, you know, no. at 225, you know, when you're 
two weeks out from powerlifting competition. Absolutely. You know, so while you have to have really strong triceps um, to have a strong bench, they don't necessarily have to be extremely large. Well, and honestly, on our uh, Team Dark Orchestra, on our powerlifting program, our last 12-week cycle, um, I was noticing when people were doing meets, um, it, it just seemed like the groove of their technique of the competition list wasn't that great. So we did like a 12-week cycle where there were three days that were um, squat, bench and deadlift or close variation thereof so when you got to meet day your body's used to hitting those three motions you know at a pretty high frequency so the results of the meets were great but because we were like that for so long we had one day that was kind of a bodybuilding weak spot day um our cycle that we're doing right now is kind of undoing some of the specificity damage that we created where they got really good at the motion but we're lacking development and overall musculature too. Maybe created some imbalances yep. and things so like that. So we're fixing yeah. some imbalances right now, and then we'll get a little more specific as we come into our next meet. So you talked about Team Dark Orchestra, Team Do. My people. John North, uh, who is the leader, head head man in head charge, Creato. Uh, I would argue Jessica's um, the head honcho. You're probably right. <laughs> hey, they say behind every great man is a woman rolling her eyes. <laughs> so, and I think that definitely fits the bill for both John and myself. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, and I'm not saying I'm a great man either, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say, I must not be a great man because I'm single. I don't got no woman rolling her eyes at me. Oh, man. I think you probably have some women rolling your eyes at me. <laughs> I mean, Danielle does, but but she's not my But you guys aren't even dating. We're not dating, no. <laughs> We, I kind of want to go into that. Is that weird? If we go into, hey, you do, I'm good with whatever. So man. Dan came in with his swole mate, um, his partner for. Are we rolling the windows down? Yeah, so I'm, we're in the truck. We're about to roll the windows I'm, I'm down. I'm up here. Yeah, hold on. So here we go. This is awesome. Now you bring up the person I'm not dating, and all of a sudden I'm getting overheated. That's <laughs> awkward. Dan's getting a little hot. <laughs> Dan's getting a little hot. So, <clears throat> so you guys came to the Arnold. We're the Arnold this weekend. And um, you just randomly got a a room um, like at at the convention center. It's like attached to it, which is awesome. But yeah. there's like four of you staying in a hotel room that has two beds in it. Yep. And um, you had said you were gonna. I'm gonna kind of throw you on the bus here. You, you had do said, what you got to do, man. You said you were gonna sleep on the floor, but then we come to breakfast this morning, and Danielle said that you she slept on the floor. So what okay. happened there? Let me start. Let me back you up here a little bit, Justin. So I said, yeah, that'd be cool. I'll sleep on the floor, bring a cot or whatever. I forgot my cot at home. Forgot the cot. Yep. Likely story. <laughs> so I slept on the floor the first night, and I was like, I just felt banged up, man. Like, last time I slept on the floor, I was in high school. I was a much smaller person. Um, so the, the pressure points and stuff on the concrete floor, like, it was, it was rough. And I was like, man, we're adults. I'll sleep on top of the covers. You can sleep, you know, you can stay on your side of the bed. I'll stay on my side of the bed. I've been married. I know how this works. <laughs> And, uh, and you know, we're, we're cool. We're fine. And I don't know what she, what, what it is with her, but she's, she's like, she thinks I'm this disgusting human, but I'm like, I'm pretty like clean. Like I wash You're my hands all man. the time. I'm You're a handsome, handsome man. man. I wear I'm cologne. jealous of your hair. I wear cologne. I, I do my hair. Like, you know, come on now. So I, I don't know if she thought I was going to be some weird creeper or something, but I take bass. It reminds <laughs> me of that Chris, uh, was that Chris rock joke? It's like people like, uh, they want like. They want a trophy for doing stuff they're supposed to do. Right? It's like, I take care of my kids. Like, you're supposed to, you lazy son of a... Is that, I wash my hands after you use the bathroom? Well, Dan, you have to do that. That's, that's the thing. That's the way the world works. Right? So, yeah, so you so, ended up so sleeping last night. I was, like, I was like, look, I'm paying for a fourth of the room, so I'm going to take a piece of this bed here. 
I think and, that's fair. And she, yeah, I did too. And she was like, okay, that's fine. So then like it's bedtime and everybody's kind of settling in to go to go to bed. And um, she's like, hey, are you seriously like sleeping in the bed? And I was like, yeah. Like I thought we just had this conversation. She pulls her pillows off the bed, grabs a blanket and like lays down on the floor. And I'm so like, dramatic. I'm like, are, are you serious right now? And she's like, yeah, I'll just sleep on the floor. I'm like, my mom would kick my ass. You get up in the bed. I'll sleep on the floor. She's like, nope, I'm already asleep. Like you say, see, now you're in an unwinnable situation. <laughs> She's like, nope, I'm already asleep. I'm like, all right. And then I just spread out and I slept in the bed and it was amazing. There's there's no way you're going to win that situation though because, it, like, you're caught. Yeah. Right? Well, and here's the beauty. We're She's not, not going to get back in the bed. We're not dating. So I don't have to win that situation. <laughs> it doesn't true. matter. That's like, true. That's you're actually... just my gym bro that got mad, so we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so sorry, small detour. What? Um. All right. Where were we at? I forgot what the hell we were talking uh, about. I don't even know. <laughs> I was I was talking about how awesome our team Dark Orchestra program yeah, is. Yeah, man. So DarkOrchestra.com. So how did you get hooked up with John and all that? So I mean, I've I've been a podcast listener of John's, and I never really did weightlifting or anything, but I just entertaining right yeah uh back in the day like blog talk days like when it was him and shankle and penlay and i'd listened for a long time and they started the online team and i'm like you know i i kind of might run other programs i don't know if i feel like running their powerlifting program but video analysis would be cool and at the time i was doing strongman and jared used to do some strongman so i'm like i'll, I'll pay 25 bucks a month for a set of eyes on my lifts yeah. heck yeah um so did that for a while um then i ended up getting into powerlifting and hooking up with Travis Mash um, and moved out to North Carolina for Worlds. Um, oh, I didn't know you actually lived out there. Yeah, I was there for about six months and uh, trained out there with those guys. Great time. And then when I came back, I was like, I don't have like a team or anything anymore. So I hopped back on the program with Dark Orchestra and um, had gotten pretty strong. So a little bit of people noticing who I was in the group and whatnot. And then they did the life retreat last year. And I went out and did that in California, hung out, got to know him real well. And uh, if you guys want to do that, you definitely should. It's it's a good time. Yeah, look, look at me sales plugging everything well, on that now, site. Well, now, hey, you know, <laughs> Elise and I want to go to it, but we're, we're unfortunately, we're going to be um, not in the States then. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to complain about that, but it, it is going to suck. We're not going to be able to make it. Oh, it's, it's a great time. Um, so then shortly after we got back, um, Jared, who was the powerlifting coach and uh, did a lot of the CrossFit programming for the team, he ended up going over to CrossFit Invictus to kind of focus more on the CrossFit side and not not the other stuff. And, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And I, I texted John when I heard that. And, I mean, I knew it was it was Saturday night. Programs usually go up Sunday. And I didn't know if he'd prepped stuff for a couple of weeks or whatever. And, and I was like, look, I mean, I know I'm just Joe Schmo on your team. But if you need someone to fill in for like two or three weeks while you find like a new powerlifting coach, I, I got you. Yeah, because like you know, you were already an accomplished powerlifter, like you said. Yeah, you weren't on the team because point. you needed like some type of direction and programming. You liked having eyes on you in the same way. Like yeah. I, when when I trained Olympic weightlifting, I would train around. I tried to go to as many different coaches as I possibly could, even though I was a coach. Yeah, you know, you got to be humble, and um, the more eyes on you, I think the you know the more input you can get. So that's kind of cool. It's cool that you started out as you know just being on the team and then yeah he kind of took you on well it was funny he uh he called me like we talked about how john's really bad at like calling you back yeah john <laughs> gosh john Love john you, always gets back to you john always gets back to you if any of you guys out there ever get his phone number so if he doesn't message you back for three weeks 
you probably still have a text coming out like in within a it'll month happen. or so. It'll happen eventually. No, but so I, I texted him this and I was like, hey, if you just need someone to fill in for a couple weeks while you find your people, I'm sure you already have some people in mind. I got you. I'll fill the gap. And uh, I, I sent that text and like five minutes later, he called he called me and uh, was like, dude, I didn't even think about you for this. And I'm like, oh, thanks, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, no, 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 not like that. Not like that. He's like, I was on the phone with the Caffeine and Kilos guys. They have some good power lifters there. And they were we were kind of trying to pick someone from there. And then I got your text and I looked at Jess and I was like, oh, my God, Dan, why did we not like ask Dan? So that's kind of how it came about. And I jumped in and uh, hit the ground running. And it's it's been great. Got some great lifters in there and lots of lots of PRs. We just had a mock meet like a week ago, and that's cool, that's man. Good. So when you do programming, you're doing programming for hundreds of people, right? Uh, I think we got like forty-ish power lifters on the program. Okay, so the power yeah. lifters are okay. Yes. Yeah, so now that the weightlifting is, is, is of course a huge part because that's yeah. that's where John's from, you know. Yeah. So, but regardless, like that's a large group of people. So how to how do you? write a program to make sure that it's it's kind of all-encompassing to make sure people get the most out of it because that's that's the the only downside right to group programming obviously is that it's not specific so i mean great question um we i of course program one program that's the general program um out of the people that are on the program we have a facebook group as well and uh they'll hit me questions they'll do videos and i'll kind of see what's going on and add in things like uh, i have a uh, two lifters specifically, um, Austin Evans. He's a, he, he got happy because I just shouted him out. Um, he hit like a sixty pound PR on his deadlift. By the way, at this last meet, I think you posted Boom. something about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's a low bar squatter. Um, so just to get a little more strength in the glutes, hammies, lower back, we'll throw in a little bit of uh, accessory work. Like we'll throw in a speed day on box squats just to kind of build that. Um, I have another guy on and there. you do that for him specifically? Like, so I'll look at videos and things. Okay. And, and uh, it's something we've talked about. He kind of throws it on his own now because he, he knows. But, um, you know. I like that. You know, that's. Uh, like so, little I mean, tweaks to your program, man. Yeah, so you've got the main program, but then you actually are coaching all, like you say, 40 of these people. Yeah. Individually, in a way. Yep. That's awesome. Well, and same thing if you got someone who bowls conventional versus sumo. There's some assistance exercises that'll work better. Like, um, if they're pulling sumo and we don't want to do just a ton of deadlift volume and kill them, and we have good mornings as one of our accessories, maybe they'll do sumo good mornings, and the conventional guy will do good morning, good mornings. You know, it makes to total sense. That. I do something very similar to um, everybody that I do physique with. You know, like a basic, um, you know, five-day split with all the movements is going to hit everything, but if someone's lats are, you know, lacking, mm -hmm. um, you know, and they need to bring those up because they're not symmetrical or they don't have any type of V-shape, or, you know, we're going to say, I want you to do you know, between 40 to 60 assisted pull-ups every day, yep. every day, you yep. know, um, just to kind of give them that extra ump. So you can kind of have a, um, a basic solid program. That's just a good general, you know, yep. strength program. Or now whatever that, it is. that being said of him or, uh, Jameson's, uh, one of the other ones, he's, he's a high bar squatter cause he comes from Olympic lifting and he's kind of wanting to dabble in powerlifting. So I'm not worried about playing with his low bar, but, and whereas I might have Austin do some box squats, I'll have him add in a few more front squats, you know, just to kind of hit that position a little different. Now, do you do you guys offer one-on-one -on -one stuff as well in addition to that? Or do you have Current, any one-on-one -on -one clients? Currently, we do not. Um, I, I have kind of a separate thing that I do that's more body transformation clients, um, and that's separate and on my own and different. Um, if someone, say, wanted to come in and say, 
hey Dan, I want to do a strongman program and there's nothing offered in Dark Orchestra, like I would I'd figure out how to make it work. Yeah, it makes sense. Don't say no. Yeah. To people if you know how to do it. Well and I just I just like programming for, you know, weird things like strongman. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So you say you got a show coming up. When is um when is that? Yeah. Or so, not a show, I'm sorry, a competition. So I I bombed out at this last powerlifting meet and just to get the taste of like defeat out of my mouth. Do you I, want to stop right there and tell everybody why you oh bombed my out? God. Yeah, so I I typically am a two seventy five weight class power lifter in USPA and uh I hurt my back pretty bad in September because I did a strongman show and a powerlifting meet in the same day, and there was there was like a pretty rough deadlift event in the strongman show. That was out at uh, Travis Mash's yeah, place, right? Yeah, strength spectacular, equal parts um, strength competition and tailgate party. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. That's actually where we met. Yeah, the first time I met you. Was yeah. There, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've been kind of battling with some back things. I feel like it's getting better, and then I'll tweak it. Um, so I think I finally got a handle on it. But I knew because of my back I was going to have a hard time hitting the world's qualifying numbers uh, at the 275 weight class. So I was like, I think I could hit the ones at 242, though. Um, squat was on point. Got to bench press, just opened too high and missed all three. Uh, I'm not used to not having that extra three inches of belly to help. Makes a big difference, So man. the leverage has changed a lot. But I think if I'd have, if I'd have hit my opener, I would have been able to qualify off my deadlift. But, oh, well, we'll hit it. I think I got one in June coming up. That's part of the, you know, that's just part of the, the weight cut challenge. That's why I told you you should contact me next time. We'll, we'll get you down for sure. Heck, um, yeah. It's, you know, it really just, you know, a weight cut is a weight cut, but there are some tweaks that I think a lot of people don't do not do yep. um, with how they cut water. Sodium is a big piece of it, and just making sure that the calories that you are taking in are, are timed right, are the right, like, glycemic mm-hmm. loads, and, like, there's a lot of little things that most people don't think about that will make huge improvements in your performance while still having you lose weight. Yeah. And um, it's not like any rocket science or anything like that. It's just little small details that most people don't think make a big difference, but they do. Well, and I I wholeheartedly messed up my sodium. That was the biggest thing I ended up having to cut. Uh, I I sat in the sauna 15 minutes on, 10 minutes off for four hours the Thursday before weigh-ins. Ugh, did you check your liver enzymes after that? No, I was afraid to. (laughs) I I dropped uh, 10 pounds of water in that four hours and then just couldn't sleep because I was so thirsty all night, weighed in and ended up lifting. I weighed in at... 241 and then i ended up lifting i weighed myself right before i lifted i was 257 man <laughs> i know what that's like yeah that's um that sounds like you're doing a bodybuilding competition yeah right? it was it was it was not the most ideal but i learned a lot uh one of them being i should probably just talk to justin next time <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, there's hey there's a selfish blah, a shameless plug for me yeah there you go you're I'm, just like promoting bandit over know, here i feel like i feel like the more people i promote the more people will not you know, hang up on me when I try to call them and talk. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, cool, man. So you've got, you say you've got a strongman comp coming up. When is that? Uh, March 17th. And where's so, that going to be? Uh, that one is in Indianapolis. Or no, sorry, that one's in, in Evansville, Indiana. So you don't really have to travel for that one? No, nah, it's like a two-hour drive. I'll just do it the morning of. Um, I have a guy that I've been programming uh, strongman for that's a buddy of mine that lives locally there and competing up a weight class so I don't crush his dreams. <laughs> That's cool. So, I mean, moving forward, do you think that Strongman will continue to grow now that we're seeing it? Because it's more in the limelight now than it has been, but it still seems like a a very fringe sport. Like, weightlifting blew up from basically obscurity 
to now like this huge main thing. It's on the main stage at the Arnold this yeah. weekend. Yeah, I saw that. You know, it threw me off. Um, but Strawman is still. It's still. I don't know. It's 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 still a side People show. love it, yeah. but it, but it's kind of. Um, it still has. It's been around for longer than most of the other sports. Yeah. Um, in some way, shape, or form, but um, and it's amazing. But I almost feel like maybe because there are a lot. There are a lot of people that can't identify with strongman because to be competitive at that level, you kind of have to be six five and four hundred. That's pounds. What I was, that's what I was gonna say. Like now they do have weight classes. I was watching the amateurs. Um, I have a buddy who actually borrowed some of my equipment to train for the the amateurs. He's a two thirty one pound. And that's what class. that's so that's that's but my they, question. They is. have a one seventy five pound weight class that yeah. competes at the Arnold and the Arnold amateurs. If you're not a heavyweight strongman, like three hundred plus pound dude, like that's the world championships. Do you think that? If they continue to push that instead of the Brian Shaw, Eddie yep. Hall, Thor, you know, you know, Zadrenis, all those guys, if they start to push that more, will we see it more in the limelight? Because of it, it seems more accessible so, to people. I feel like it will always be in the limelight, but main stage Arnold, Hap Thor Bjornsson, like those guys, like the mountain lifting stuff, like that's always going to be the spotlight because the, the TV show is still on. It's a spectacle. It's a spectacle, and that's one thing that's kind of cool about Strongman. Like if you see a dude deadlift 800 pounds compared to 400 pounds, like if you're not someone who lifts, it, it looks kind of the same, right? But if that's all you know yeah. is is the stuff that you see on, on there, it just doesn't look like it's – a possibility for yeah. 99% of the population. And the same thing happened with bodybuilding. And that's why classic physique yep. and physique has become so popular. Because it's more accessible. Yeah, a Absolutely. guy that works out could, could do physique. technically take a couple years, diet and train hard, and look somewhat close to a Jeremy Buendia. Yep. Or maybe, and then, you know, five years, maybe closer to like a Chris Bumstead or a Leon. Yeah, whereas um, the mass monsters definitely are the spectacle, much like, the strongman main stage yeah. is the spectacle, but it's accessible because it, these other things are getting popular. Even if you have genetics, you're going to have to train for over a decade to look anywhere close to Phil Heath. Yep. Or, you know, or or even like a Jose Raymond in the 212 category. So while, like, the people that are in the sport, that's what they strive for. Like, that's the spectacle. Yep. I think the reason why it's become, um, you know, more popular is because of the classic physique and the physique it, it, it's like that gateway drug. And, this, and it's the same thing that happened with CrossFit because CrossFit was for everybody. Right. Right? So I think that if Strongman wants to do that, they need to push more the, the 105 kilo class mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Because you just basically look like a slightly more buff CrossFitter, basically, you in look that like 231 class. The like, 105s look like off-season awesome. physique guys. Yeah. Um, I will say one thing that's that's helped Strongman grow, and I think strength sports in general too, the strong woman component has – has gone up huge. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they're on the main stage for record breakers this year. Um, and, I, I mean, there's there's some freaks in there, too. I was watching the uh, Circus Dumbbell event for the amateurs yesterday. The lightweight women, I mean, they look like they look like CrossFit chicks, and they're there, you know, pressing 120-pound dumbbells with two-and-a-half-inch handles. Here's the thing. They probably are CrossFit chicks. They probably are. That's true. That's true. I would say that's probably more transferable than any of the other strength sports from yeah. CrossFit to Strongman. You see a lot of crossover in that. So, I mean, in a way, not to just, like, keep, like, stroking CrossFit's ego, but in a way, CrossFit is has what been, it is. It's been the singular... It's been the catalyst for the growth of all strength sports. Yeah. It because was, it encompasses it's all. It's the tide that raised all boats, man. So weird. Thank you, Greg Glassman. Right. Even though neither of us do 
your program anymore. Oh, that's that's what got got us into it, though, right? That's true. Well, yeah, it was it was the gateway drug. Yep, and as a good exa- that's exactly what I consider it. It's a gateway drug. Yeah. for for getting people into other strength sports. That's what it's turned into. So, well, cool, man. Well, what um. What have you got going on other than strength? What are your hobbies? What do you do? Do you play video games? Do you, I mean... So, I I love video games. I used to play a lot of video games. Uh, more the nerdy, like, MMO games. Okay, yeah. But that's you, such you a did, time. You didn't do World of Warcraft, stuff. did you? Oh, my gosh, I did. You back, did? Back when the level cap was 60, man. See, I don't know anything <laughs> about it, but I know that that game has destroyed people's lives. Uh, yeah, well, and, and that was me. Did I it always, play a hand in the, uh, the, your marriage? The, she played a little bit. Did but, she? But oh, no, it, it didn't really. I mean, honestly, once once we started popping babies out and I started having real jobs and stuff, it's just you can't spend that much time doing things like that. Um, but me, I mean, I I play some music. I do some guitar and whatnot. Oh, I didn't know you played and guitar. Singer. I was a music major in college, man. Really? Yes, and sir. And your instrument of choice is? Uh, I was voice. Vocals. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have to get like a little acapella group together. Heck yeah! You did you know that I I well I, I heard as well. I heard the happy birthday. At the at the Strength Spectacular. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so I was a double bass and, okay. in choir, and we have um, not to sit here and talk about my glory days, but um, we, we when you're a, talking about choir as your glory days, I think everyone will, everyone will give you a pass. Yeah, it's like it's okay if you brag about yourself <laughs> in the fact playing that you, football or <laughs> yeah. So we um, choir in my school was like you know football in Texas. Oh, know, dang. for high school, it was it was the thing. We got away with murder because we were on the choir and. Um, we got to do some amazing things. I had a solo in Carnegie Hall. Dang. Um, got to sing for the president. Um, just all kinds of really crazy, awesome stuff. And um, unfortunately, you know, my family moved up north. I, I was, I was thinking I was going to get a scholarship. Oh, dang. For it, and who knows where I'd be right now? Probably teaching music somewhere. Yeah. So I'm, I'm probably happy. About you're probably, that. you're probably better with the way things turned out. Yeah. So what were you a tenor? Were you a baritone? Uh, baritone. Yeah. So it's like I can't sing low enough to be cool like you. But I can't sing high enough to be a good guy in a musical. So yeah, I'm just somewhere in the middle there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the baritones are. It's it's a tough. It's like the middle child. For you know, sure. it's 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 a good if you're like a music solo career, like you can do that. But like if you wanted to be in like theater and stuff, you just have there's not a real place for you in any sort of main role. Well, I never wanted to play choir. I wanted to be in a in a band and play rock and roll music, and I did, and I was a singer. But being a double bass, it's kind of the the kiss of death because really there's is. no there's no popular rock bands with it maybe like typo negative well, when you got, or something like that that has like a bass you know what there's some singer. country some country singers no that, now there are yeah, yeah what is it um jason aldean is that right i don't, no, I don't I, listen to any new country i there, stopped listening I, like 95. i can't remember I, I love country music i listen to it quite a bit but i can't remember the people's names but yeah there's some there's some bass guys josh grayson is that one maybe? i don't know no, no. i don't like i said i stopped when yeah. when garth brooks came out with his uh what is it horse fresh horses album that was like the last time i listened to country gotcha so i grew up in front of a cow pasture too i was my my childhood sounded like a country song nice the bass the kiss of death and pop music is totally true because when you think about pop music like people need to be able to sing along with your songs right and if they can't because your voice is too deep and sexy like that's great (laughs) but like people aren't going to be running down the street singing your song unless you're barry white yeah you know so and you know what that comes right back to the accessibility thing we were just talking about. Boom, bam, full circle. Full circle. It's almost like we did this on purpose. Tangled web. <laughs> <laughs> so you were a singer? Did you sing in um in high school or choir or anything? So like that? we moved to Indiana uh, when I was in it, 
freshman in high school, and then I moved to another town in Indiana my senior year, and I was kind of just like a super nerd growing up, and all through like my junior year of high school, like it the, is scary how much with no friends our stories are like. <laughs> but I switched schools, and I was like, you know what? Like I we I grew up going to church and stuff, and and so you always sang in church, and I was good at it. I was in a church choir, and. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try to do like the drama singing thing this year. Like, it, no one knows me here. I don't have it. Like, it's a blank slate. And man, I I did it and I dug it. And that's what I went to college for uh, for the first half. That's awesome. Yeah, I started college in recording engineering is is what I wanted to do. And Dang. and I ended up making so much money in the salvage industry. I I switched it out because, you know, it's kind of like, well, even if I graduate and get a good job, I'm right. not be making this much money. So. So did you switch? Did you finish and graduate? Yeah, I graduated. Um, I have a philosophy major. Oh wow! Yeah, I didn't like tests, and they just let you write papers instead. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Someone was asked, like, "What can you do a philosophy major?" Drive a cab. Well, I was going to say you <laughs> you think long, deep thoughts about being broke. Right. Right. <laughs> I uh, I remember I was writing a paper, and we needed so many sources for this paper, and I was like out of people, and I'm like, "Well, I have opinions," so I just like quoted myself. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> they let it slide. I'm like, I could argue it. Come on, it's a philosophy thing. Like that's all we do. It's like lawyers, but without getting paid. Yeah. Um, and then I there was a paper on linguist. I was in a linguistics class, and it was a paper that I wrote on the subjectivity of linguistics. So I wrote it as one giant word with no punctuation or spaces. Wow, <laughs> that that didn't upset your teacher at all. No, he uh, his notes and stuff were written exactly the same. That's awesome. Steve Horse, he's he's my dude, man. I love that guy. <laughs> oh man, so yeah. when you train, when you train yourself, um, strongman or powerlifting, you said you you mainly train powerlifting, and then when you just get close to events, do you do you start testing events or? So if I'll kind of usually know three like three months or so out if I have a powerlifting meet coming up or if I have a strongman show coming up. Um, cause there's definitely different ways you have to train. Like you can train in a gym, um, for most leading up to your strongman show. It's nice to have access to implements and whatnot, but a lot of people don't. Um, well, it depends on what the events are going to be. Exactly. You know, like if, if you've got a yoke so carry, different. you know, you can probably just load up a barbell and walk in and place practice. a bit, yeah. and, you know, work some picks. But, um, yeah, it's very dependent on, on the, on the events, um, if you don't have access to stones, a big part of doing stones that people don't think about is is chest squeezing strength. Because mm-hmm. it's not just deadlifting the stone; you actually got to crush it with your forearms to get it off the ground. Like a lot of people just can't get the stone off the ground, but if they get it on their lap, they're fine. Yeah. Um, so there's that there's the tacky that you, you have, have to put, put on there. It. Yeah, you know what? They so many of them are going to that stone of steel. Yeah, you don't need it as much on that for sure. Yeah, and it's uh, some of them don't even allow it. But the uh, they have tacky towels. They have a lot of different things you can use now besides just the spider tack. But explain that stone of steel because it's interesting to me. It's like the first like basically loadable stone yeah. that stays the same size. So it's uh, it's a sphere. It comes apart right in the middle, and it has spacers built into it, so you can and it has a loading pin. So you drop a plate in there, and there's spacers under it, so the plate doesn't go all the way to the bottom. And then you put the spacers on top of it, and then you put the the top back on and then since it's spacers below and above it it's not the plate's not going to shift around as you're dropping it and stuff it's It's genius it's it's a pretty new thing it hasn't been around for a long time couple years um strongman corporation uses them a lot at bigger shows um and i mean they have they have a stone like that they have a circus dumbbell like that Uh, they have a keg that's loadable like that so they're you know he's mike bartos he's doing his thing and they're not cheap but uh 
I've always been bad at stones, so I was like, this is the only way I'm going to get good at stones because you can just progressively overload it instead of having to take 40-pound jumps like you'd have to with... Well, you say they're not cheap, but, you know, if if you want to take those jumps, you've got to make mm-hmm. every kind of stone imaginable. And right. not only does it take up a buttload of space, but it, it gets expensive because you got to buy a mold for each new stone. You yep. don't just buy well, a mold and make different sizes. There's people with molds. I mean, if you're in a pretty populated area, like I know guys in the Indianapolis area with with stone molds, they'll they'll make you a stone. Yeah, they'll let so you. Yeah, they'll let you cheap, borrow it. But yeah, um, but I mean, shoot, my stone of steel shipped to me from I think they're in Texas is where they're from. It was like twelve hundred bucks. Oh wow, I didn't think. I, I want to say that Todd up at Growlers, I think it was like more four or five hundred than one that he got. I didn't realize it was that Ooh. crazy. No, I think it's like eight hundred. Well, so there's a there's a twenty inch diameter stone and a seventeen inch diameter stone. One's See, like what he did stone. is he had custom pl- weights made. Uh, okay. So they were the size of the twenty fives, but they weighed like forty eight pounds. Got it. So he can overload his to over four hundred pounds. If I, and I, I again, I could be get, getting that wrong, but I know that he can overload it norm, nor, more than normal because his plates are custom made. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a fun sport, but uh, yeah. So going back to the earlier question, if I have a powerlifting show going up, it's traditional powerlifting training. If I have a strongman show coming up, I'll, I'll shift my training along a bit around a little bit. A lot of shows are more of a test of a five rep max strength than a single rep max strength. Like you might have one max lift, but everything else is like a reps in 60 seconds kind of scenario that's pretty heavy yeah yeah it, where a lot of people aren't even going to be able to do it for a full 60 seconds for sure for sure we we had um the last one that we did we ran one in north georgia at todd at, at growlers shout out to todd at growlers gym in north georgia he did north georgia's strongest man and um i think it was an 18 inch wagon wheel um for reps in 60 seconds at 600 pounds i think was the the heavyweights um yeah. Uh, and to see that, like, because with an axle, even with, like, uh, figure eight hooks, yeah, so it's still, like, it's, everyone it's a talks, sticking point. Everyone talks trash about, like, oh, what's the point of an axle if you're using straps? Which, I mean, they have a point. It's it's not testing your grip. But the fact that an axle is two to two and a half inches thick. It's further away from your center of gravity. The bar, like, do a deadlift two inches further in front of you than you normally do. Like, it's a lot harder. It's it's extremely harder. Yeah. And people don't realize that. And I mean, if any Olympic weightlifters out there, you can you can imagine. Imagine if you didn't hit your power position properly, and the bar was two inches in front of you. Same thing. You're gonna miss that lift. Yep. Because you know it's it's just basic. You know, it's basic physics. The further something is away from you, the harder it is to control. Anybody that has kids know that when they go to the college, right? Yep. <laughs> so, I uh, I was at um, one of the events in my meet coming up here in a few weeks is a uh, 18 inch axle deadlift. Uh, I think it's like monster truck tires or something, something fun. And uh, cool. it's it's three attempts, so it's like powerlifting style, like just hit your max. And I was messing around with it, and that like 18-inch like is at my stick point. Like I pulled more from the floor it's yesterday almost harder. Yeah. Than, than I pulled off the axle off 18 inches. Because the axle doesn't day. flex, and if yep. you're pulling on a deadlift bar, you're going to get a lot of slack. Yep. You're probably almost past your sticking point by the time you get the full weight of the bar up. Yep, that's just because Definitely of the whip. True. Yeah. Cool, man. Was there anything you want to talk about? Is there anything you need to plug? I mean, uh, that you haven't already? Yeah. Um, I will plug my Instagram, strongman underscore Dan. If you're not following me, I mean, come on, be on the internet. Let's you definitely go. should. He's got, he has a beautiful mix of, of feats of strength, um, shirtless progress picks and motivational, um, 
videos. Yeah, I've been trying to put out because for a long time I just did a lot of uh, hey, here's me lifting this, hey, here's me lifting this, which is which is cool, but I've really been trying to give back like tips and tricks and like motivational stuff too, um, a little more depth of content, not just a high amount of content. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, oh, how has the Arnold been this week, dude? It's been fun. I uh, I have met some people that are cool. Um, it's a couple of years ago, I kind of hit all the highlights of the you know the fanboy pictures I wanted. So this year, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, <laughs> after the after you go there the first time, the expo gets really really boring really quick yeah. because there's just so many people. And um, you have a really cool little thing that you do. You stop asking for pictures. Tell tell them about what you do when you meet somebody you're interested in. Yeah, so I actually we trained at Powerhouse Gym the first night I was here, and Jay Cutler was there. My old my old friend Jay. Yeah, old friend Jay. Old friend Jay. We go way back. So I, uh, and I actually got this from, uh, I was listening to a podcast with Cale Beck and Robert Ober. He's talking about Jay Cutler, the Mr. Olympia too, not the football player. Oh, good point. Jay Cutler, um, the Olympia is cooler, just so y'all know. Um, so I, he was saying on this podcast, like he hates it, like he's fine. He takes pictures with people and and stuff, but like he always likes it when people actually want to talk to him. I'm like, I would much rather talk to those people too than just snap a picture, right? Um, so I went up to Jay, he's kind of in a break in his workout and I said, Hey man, I don't want to like bug training. I'm not trying to just snap a picture or whatever. I just want to ask you what is, uh, like, like what's your fondest, like what's your best training memory? Like, I want to actually know what's going on and you get some cool tidbits. Um, uh, he goes, Oh man, that's, that's a good question. Let me think about it for a minute. Um, and he was mulling it over and, and he goes, you know what? There was a, there was a session. I was in Vegas and it was the gym didn't have air conditioning. It was 120 degrees inside the gym, so we went outside on the blacktop just to cool down, where it was only like 110 degrees. Um, and we just did like barbell lunges in the parking lot for like ever, and it was brutal. He's like, man, that's uh, the hard days are like the best days because that's the days where you really kind of find out what you're made of. Those are the days where you really mentally learn how to push through stuff. So I just thought that was. That was a cool little story. Me yeah, and my old buddy Jay. It's a much better story. You can you can totally tell people that you know that story like he's your friend now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so much better than a picture. Um, so speaking of a story, um, something that we do with everybody on here um, is we give them an option of colors for the microphone. And what color did you pick? Green. Green. And why did you pick that color? Uh, because my next strongman competition is on St. Paddy's Day, and I'm totally wearing a kilt and a uh, leprechaun hat, and it was green. Are you really going to do that? Hell yeah. You're going to post that on your Instagram page, Oh, right? I mean, I do everything in the world for the IG. That's... You, need, you need to vlog <laughs> that and do the whole thing. We'll do it. We'll do it. That I'll would get be it going. amazing. That would be amazing. Are you, um, are you into Netflix? Are you watching anything currently? Uh, I got through a string of shows, and then I've just been, like, crazy busy, so I haven't been for a minute. But the last show I watched was... Uh, there's two shows I was watching. Frontier, which has uh, Adam Momoa, who was Aquaman, okay, and, yeah. and uh, Drago on um, Game of Thrones. That's cool. It's about uh, the fur trade in early early America. And does he wear cool hats? He does not, but he's still got the badass long hair beard with the eye scar thing going on. Yeah, what's up? He always looks like he has eyeliner on. Yeah, Is it just something know. he's just genetically gifted? It works for him. Maybe it he just gets punched in the eyes a lot. He's so sexy. Black eyes. Yeah. He's, he's super sexy. <laughs> so Frontier, what was the other one? Um, and then I, my guilty pleasure that I rewatch all the time is Archer. It's like yeah, the you office. made an Archer quote the other night. It's the Office, but super inappropriate. And if the Office was a spy agency, 
It's like the office <laughs> and it's like the office meets Mad Men meets like Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah. Hundred percent. That's, that's a great description. What and what's funny is I don't it's even so watch good. that show, but that's what it's, I got out of it. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I quote it all the time, and people that have seen the show just die laughing, and everybody else looks at me like 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 they're staring at a ghost or when, something. Next time you get a chance to binge some shows, I have one for you to watch. What's it's that? called it's called uh, Frank and Grace, or yeah, Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie, and it is it's just a lighthearted comedy about. Um, two like old 70 year old couples that the uh, husbands were business partners in a law firm and they had been having an affair with each other for the last like 20 years oh wow and they in the first episode decide to tell their spouses that they want a divorce because they're going to get married because they're allowed to get married now together and live the last like however long of their years together wow so, and then wait so, so, the, the, so the guy's cheating with the guy on his wife and the girl's cheating yeah. with the girl? Okay. No, 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 no. So they were allowed to get married. I got confused. Well, they're gay. Okay. Right? That's what I was saying. So, yeah, yeah. So, so it's the two guys are cheating on their wives with each other. So the girls, they end up getting a divorce with the girls, and the girls hate each other, so they have to. Uh, and one's like a hippie, and one's like a prude. Jane Fonda plays a prude. Gotcha. And um, what's what's her name? Uh, Tomlin. I forget her first name or whatever. She plays a hippie. Frankie. And they end up having to live together, and they hate each other, <laughs> and just in hilarity ensues. It is the most like, and they they go over some like weird subjects where like if, if it was a drama, it would be very depressing. It could yeah. very easily make it a drama, but it's it somehow makes it really lighthearted, even though they're old people like Frankie, breaking Frankie their and hips Grace, and great uh, Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie. It is it is. I'm obsessed with it right now. It's not the type of show that I thought I would be ha- uh, like excited to watch, but I'm just binging it. I, I will. Mean, I will check it out for sure. Totally worth it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. So hit you up on Instagram. Do you have a YouTube channel too? Don't you? I do. I don't do anything with it right now. Though. Okay. I'm. I'm so Instagram life right now. Um, if I start getting into the blo- the vlog thing, which by the way, Jim Gypsy Jim Gypsy vlog is amazing, Aww. and y'all should watch that. Gee, thanks. Um, I feel inspired. So I might. <laughs> I might start playing around with that as well. You should, man. You should. We'll we'll, we'll definitely put you on the on one of these vlogs here soon. We'll come up to Indianapolis. Um, yeah, dude. We'll, go, we'll so, go hang out. And if people want to put you on as a coach for uh, Team Dark Orchestra, where do they go? Yeah, so if you go to thedarkorchestra.com, because if you just search Dark Orchestra, it was like a band or something. Oh, I was yeah. almost maybe thinking it'd be like a porn site or something. <laughs> maybe further down the list. But yeah. up top, it was like a, an 80s hair band or something. But if thedarkorchestra.com, um, you can get on there. It's 15 bucks a month. Um, there's, it's cheap. It's super cheap. Um, there's video coaching, uh, but then there's always going to be team team meetings on the Facebook page, technique videos. Like as we're going through and seeing what people are doing, and if a lot of people are doing similar things, we're going to sh- shoot a big video on it. Um, it's yeah, it's it is well worth the money. It was worth the money when it was twenty five a month. So fifteen a month is just nuts. That's awesome, man. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on. This is cool. This is my first podcast inside a truck, so hopefully the audio is pretty good. I have a feeling that it's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. I don't. You guys probably hear some birds chirping outside. It's a beautiful day. We are about to go into the Arnold Expo and try and brave the chaos. Yeah. Of, Saturday, Arnold. Of all this kind of stuff, and maybe uh, maybe go cop some swag, and uh, maybe go train. I don't know. 
What am I training? I think we're training at the Dublin Lifetime tonight. Are you? You ought to come with us. I think we're going to Matt's gym later. I'll go to Matt's gym. All right, guys. Thank you so much for another one. As always, you can hit us up on liftandletlivefit.com. My Instagram is at just my name, Justin Metz, M-E-T-T-S. As always, Elise is the same, Elise Metz, M-E-T-T-S. And we can check out our Jim Gypsy vlog series on our YouTube channel, Lift and Let Live. We'll see you guys next time. Boom. Hey, if you're still hanging around, you must like us. Thanks. Might as well subscribe and give us a five-star rating and a positive review. The love keeps us warm on long winter nights. Till next time. TheOAMNetwork.com Power to the podcast.